But this morning, I wanted to pick up on something that Pastor Mike said last week. And Pastor Dave's been talking about it too, about believing to increase. And then last week, Pastor Mike talked about a spirit, having a warrior spirit or developing a warrior spirit. So to increase, you have to obviously decrease something so that you can increase something else. And so as Pastor Mike put it, develop your warrior spirit. Here's the thing about a warrior spirit. How do you know you've got one? Most of us say, oh, I don't know. I guess when something happens, you'll soon see whether I'm a fight or a flight person. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you about something that's been sitting in my heart for me that God's been talking about. And this morning, it was hiding in plain sight. And so what does that mean for me? Hiding in plain sight. When I first thought about it, it was God had to show me some revelation, so I'm going to try and move fast so we get through it all. But um, Jade, are you ready? Okay. So I want to start us in Genesis 3. So this is at the fall of man, so what took place in the garden. And so if you want to chuck it up, Jade, verse 10. Are we up? Ah, there we go. So, this, so, so we know the story. The story is, is that, you know, God said, don't, don't eat from that tree in the middle of the garden. But we all know the story. The story happened that a uh, serpent entered the garden, spoke to Eve. She ate, gave it to Adam, Adam ate. Then a conversation takes place. And here's what, what I want us to focus on. It says, so God speaks. And he says, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden. This is Adam. I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Verse 11. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord asked, or the Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. The Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate. Well, that's why I ate it. Here's the first thing. So, we have this thing in the garden. So in the garden we have, there's Adam and Eve and God. All in the garden. Living happily at the right time. And cooler the day, God would visit them. One day God turns up. And he doesn't know where they are. Or does he? Of course he does. He knows where they are, but he asks us a question and he says, where are you? And they were hiding. He said, why are you hiding? Here's the thing. He asked Adam, why are you hiding? Adam, Adam, why are you hiding? Adam turns around and says, oh, it's because of the woman. First mistake. What was the mistake? Adam didn't even recognise there was someone else in the garden. There was first God. There was him, and there was Eve. So Adam's first mistake, he couldn't even pinpoint what was in the garden. And what does he do? He blames the woman. Oh, it was this, this woman you gave me, Lord. It was her. Second thing, God goes to Eve and says, Eve, what have you done? Eve identifies the spirit in the garden, not Adam. How ridiculous is that? Adam lived in the garden longer than Eve and he couldn't even tell God that there was something else in the garden. And this here is what happens for us. 
A lot of us, we tend to look at people and we tend to look at situations and circumstances and we tend to think that that is the issue. It's that person's the issue. Oh, that person's the issue. No, it's that person over there that's the issue. We're good at this. We can blame different people for where we are in life. Just like what Adam did. Adam blamed the woman. He didn't even take ownership for himself and what he had did. But not only did he blame the woman, he didn't even know that there was a spirit operating in the background. Now remember the message from last week. Pastor Mike said that we have an adversary. An adversary just means opponent. Someone who is after us. So, that was Adam's mistake. He didn't recognize and he didn't deal with that spirit. What he was dealing with was flesh and blood. And the word of God says that we don't war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So our first mistake is as soon as we turn on someone, that is our first mistake. Because what we're doing is we're looking with our carnal eyes, our eyes, and we're saying that is the issue, or this is the problem. God views things differently. But the questions that God asks us tend to not really run in what we would like. So, you know, even when we're hiding, so it says that they hid in the garden. Man, we hide all the time from different things. How do I know? We can call someone up here right now and say, so-and-so, would you like to come up and pray for someone? Immediately, we shift into, oh, not me, why me? Pick someone else, please. If we can't escape the room, what do we do? We go invisible. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to, in fact, oh, there's a job to do. I'll go and do that job. Why? Because we're trying to escape. You know, one of the cool things about it is this camouflage. Camouflage, when it's used in warfare, is really cool because you can hide. You can be deceptive. But actually, we use it all the time in God, unfortunately. And this is how we do it. God says, you're my ambassadors. I want you to get out there and shine like a city on a hill. Tell people about me. Tell them what I've done in your life. And we camouflage. We blend in. We go into a group and we say, yes, I'm going to. Oh, my goodness. Look at this group. I'm just going to camouflage. Camouflage means to blend in. It means to be deceptive. It means to not show the true identity. It also means, here's a hard one, to just outright lie. <laughs> I know, I know. There's no liars in this room. But this is what we do. Some people call it a mask. We put a mask on. But ultimately, where did this all come from? You know, back just what I just read in that story, the first thing that happened was they hid. And what that talks about, I guess for us would be, why did they hide? What was it that they suddenly become aware of? Here's one thing. The first thing that happened with them was they lost confidence to be, to be who they were created or who God created them to be. So they lost openness and transparency. Is that us? Oh, that's me. Here's another one. They lost confidence. And when we lose confidence, we lose vision. What do I mean by that? Once upon a time, we used to dream. We used to think, man, I could do this. I could do that. I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to do it, go and do that. And then all of a sudden, we turn into, 
uh, can't really be bothered. That's why I was like what Pastor Mike said, when you get up in the morning, oh, I can't really be bothered getting up. Oh, I'll just stay here for a few more hours. The world won't miss me. No one misses me. That's people who lose vision. People who turn up to work and they think, oh, I'm just going to turn up. Oh, I'll do my job. Just get by. Get the paycheck. That's people who lose vision. And why do they lose vision? Because they lost confidence. The third one was when you lose vision, we lose the confidence to make good decisions. And if you're ever around people who have lost confidence, I tell you, when a simple decision goes to, when it, when it should be a simple decision, it becomes very difficult. Why? Because, oh, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And, oh, but what, what if this? What if that? And in the end, you walk away exhausted because you're thinking, man, that was just a simple decision I could have made or we should have made. And now we're way down the track and we still haven't made decisions and we're still waiting. So what happens when we talk about being naked and hiding is we're talking about losing the confidence. And we can all, we've all been there. Some of us still may be there. Just depends on where you're like. So here's the question. Do you wish you had the confidence to be bold in your Christian walk? No? Yes? Anyone? I'll tell you. Bold. What does it mean to have confidence to be bold in, in your Christian walk? Bold when it comes to representing Christ to those who you love? Will you be bold to those who walk next to you, who work next to you, who you see every day at your schools, at your workplaces? Those who visit your homes, will you be bold enough to outwalk your Christian life to say, I'm a follower of Jesus? Or will you turn around and say, oh, we won't pray today over the meal because it might offend them. Or they might figure out that I'm actually a believer. This is what happens. See, right now, What's happening in my life? Well, I have to make a personal decision, just like everyone. You know, what you guys don't know about me is that actually, behind all of this, man, I'm passionate for Christ. I'm passionate for God. I'm passionate for the Word. I'm passionate for the Spirit supernatural. I'm passionate when I pray for people, but you guys won't know that. Why? Because I try and hold myself here. Because I'm thinking, oh my goodness. It's one thing to be passionate, and know who you are, it's another thing to get up here, turn around, oh my goodness, look at all your faces <laughs> staring back. <laughs> what you guys don't know is that, man, I'm full on for God. I just love him. I don't care whether people think, you know, when I worked in the hospital, they used to always say to me, well, you can't talk about anything religious, and you can't pray for people, and you can't even be seen to be giving people ideas about your God. Was I disobedient? <laughs> Could have been. What I'd do is I'd just get out there and I used to just tell them. I didn't care. Because ultimately, what were they going to do? Sack me? Oh, God will get me another job. Now, it would have been different if I was telling them stuff that I shouldn't have been telling them and then I got sacked. Do you think God was going to rock on up and say, well done. Well done for telling them all that stuff that wasn't me. So man, I was out there, I was bold. I was praying for people. I was praying for people all the time. 
I'd have conversations with people who, who had, had been on medication and things hadn't gone well for them. And so that they were looking at transitioning to the next phase in life, beyond the veil. And I'd be in there straight away and my first question was, have you enjoyed your life? Have you done what you wanted to do? They'll be like, mm, yes, I enjoyed my life. So, do you think the next chapter is going to be better than the one you've just been in? I've never thought of it. So, well, since you've brought it up, let's think about it. And they used to sit there and they, oh, did, 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 did I bring this up? Of course you did. That's why we're talking. And so we used to just talk about God, talk about stuff, pray for them. And then, what happens? God moves. And the amount of time that I saw God move, only because, like what I said this morning, I took my little mustard seed and I put it out there. Right now, standing in front of you, do I want to be bold? Absolutely. Do I feel pressure not to? Absolutely. So is the pressure coming from you guys? Or is it coming from me? Remember, we've got an adversary, and the adversary roams, and he's roaring, and he's trying to speak into my, into my mind and tell me, oh, those people, oh, look out for them. Look at some of them not even smiling. No, you don't have to smile now. Oh, you are. But he's always constantly after. After what? After trying to get me to hide. Trying to get back in. And you know, when we start to hide and we start to withdraw ourselves, actually we go into camouflage mode. God is looking for people who want to get out there. You know, we're in a new, we're in a new generation now. The new generation, they don't care about what we used to do. Hey, they've got social media happening. Things have been posted left, right and centre. There was a story on the news just recently where, um, I think it was only last night, where was it, uh, King of Tonga or Samoa or one of the islands where um, all the young generation, they're starting to post stuff about their king. And he's not liking it. Why? Because it's exposing things in their culture that in the old days, you just didn't talk about. So if, if it's getting really bold out there, why is the church getting passive? Why are we shrinking back? Why shouldn't we be getting out there even further? I don't know, I have to ask these things to myself. What am I doing? What can I do? See, everything about me is like, if you, if you get around my wife and talk to my wife or even my daughter Jade, all they do is say, oh, all he does is talk about God. All he does is want to share revelation. Every time we go to have our family, family day, what does he do? He sits there and he switches off. My uh, lights are on, but no one's home. And so we could be watching a movie. And then halfway through the movie, they'll say, oh, look at that. I have no idea what's taking place because I'm still thinking about God and thinking about, man, what can we do for God here? Man, what if God moved? What if God touched these people? What if God touched those people? That's me 24-7. Now I know you won't know that about me. Why? Because I can camouflage it. Oh, Richard and Pauline. I'll catch up with you guys soon. But really the truth is this. We have to make a decision. That's why God said, choose this day whom you'll serve. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Here's something else he said, choose 
this day, life or death. And he gave us a clue. He said, choose life. Why? Because when you choose life, you tend to come awake. You tend to come alive. But if we're not choosing life, then what are we choosing? A default setting. Here's a good illustration of this. So, in, and I'll be, we've been doing this with the youth, so the youth should know this. So there's this cool story in the Bible, and it talks about, I love it. I love it because it, it shows where we can all be, including myself. And that's a story about um, Peter when Peter walked on the water. So we all know the story. So the story goes that, you know, Jesus had just finished ministering to a lot of people, so he sent them off. And he said, told his disciples, jump in the boat, go. Go to the other side. Then it said that he dismissed the crowd and went up to pray. And then it says that in the fourth hour or whatever it was, the disciples were in the boat and they were in the middle of the sea. And in the middle of the sea, it started to get a bit rough. And so the waves were going along. Wouldn't surprise me if some of them were getting seasick because they weren't all uh, fishermen. But there they are. They're in the boat. Everything's happening. And then Jesus comes cruising past them, walking on the water. No disciples, can you imagine? Imagine if that was us in that boat. Who would have their life jacket on? You. Oh my goodness. Don't you fellas know um, first rule about boat safety? Put your life jacket on. I'd have my life jacket on. But Jesus comes walking past. The disciples see him. What do they think? It's a ghost. So they're all yelling out. Ah, it's a ghost. Of course, none of us would do that. We'd be just like, yeah, yeah, look, there's something strange out there. (laughs) Or would we all be sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, there's a ghost, but I'll just keep calm. I won't let anyone know I'm freaked out. But here's the thing. They are like, there's a ghost. Jesus says, it is I, Jesus. No, he didn't say that. I don't know what he said, but we know that he did identify himself. Here's the cool thing. Twelve of them in the boat. He identifies himself as Jesus. How many of them out of their boat put up their hand and said, Oh, 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 Jesus, let me come to you. One. One out of twelve. Oh, that's not bad. I mean, say my dad used to bet on horses. That would have been good odds for him. One win out of twelve races. But anyway, so one puts his hand up. But it's pretty cool because the story says that he yells out, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come to you or call me to you. Jesus turns around and says, come. And then the word says that Peter got up from the position he was in, went to the other side of the boat and hopped out. Peter got up from the side he was on, went to the other side of the boat and hopped out. What does that mean for us? What that means for us is that Peter made a decision. It's one thing to call out for help from Christ. Lord, help me. Answer me. God says, here's your answer. It's another thing that you have to get up and position yourself to receive the answer. And when you get up to position yourself, what does that mean? That means a choice. You make a choice. You make a choice to engage. You make a choice to believe. Okay, I'm going to believe that this is the word of God. What do you think happened up here when people were calling people up and praying for them? They made a choice. And that choice was, 
I'm going to believe that God has something good for someone. And now I'm going to step out of the boat and start to walk. And I'm going to share it. And I'm going to share it amongst everyone. Here's the thing. So there's Peter walking on the water, heading towards Jesus. If that was me, first thing I would have been thinking was, wow, look at you, Jesus. And look at all those losers in the boat. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that, eh? But that's me. I, I, I may think like that. But imagine all the people in the boat. What were they thinking? Man, man, if I was in that boat, the first thing I would have been thinking was, sink. Sink, Peter, sink. I wouldn't want Peter, I wouldn't want Peter walking. Why? Because he's showing me up. And this is where we get to. Man, I would have been the first person in that boat thinking, I hope you sink and drown. <laughs> I know, terrible, are you? None of us. Are you allowed to say that? Of course you are. Come on. Or will we all be sitting there saying, oh, praise the Lord, Peter, go for it. Go for it, Peter. Go for it. No way. <laughs> and then there, come on, waves get rougher. Get, let the storm get rougher. I know. But here's Peter, he's walking along and he sees Jesus. Here's the key. While his focus was on Christ, did his circumstances change? No. Was there still a storm? Absolutely. Were there still people in the boat? Yes. So then what made him walk on water? A choice to follow Christ. A choice to focus on him and not worry about what was going on. Remember, we started with... Who was the battle against? It's not flesh and blood. So if it wasn't against flesh and blood, as long as he focused on Christ, he didn't worry about the boat. He didn't worry about the people in there. What did the boat represent? What does the boat represent for us? Limitation. That's what it represents. It represents a point in our lives where we want to do something, but we stop. Why? Oh, because we're just human beings. Actually, all it means is that we just made a decision to say, that's too scary for me. What if I fail? What if people laugh at me? What if I get out there and sink straight away? Here's the thing, and, and I've often wondered this. I just chucked this in. There's my mind just running. But I often, I often think this. You know, it says, it says in the Bible that Jesus raised the dead, and then we hear stories about people being raised from the dead. It says that, he healed people. He did all of these things. He touched people's lives. But I've never heard a story of someone else walking on the water. I have heard one person's story, which I thought was hilarious when they told us. So it was from a guy called Brian Tamaki. You guys might all know him as the Bishop of Destiny. I remember listening to him one time. This was before, he, before they changed into Destiny Church. And he was telling a story about when he was reading the Bible and he said he was reading and he was reading and he was reading and then he thought, you know what, I've seen all these things happen. Why haven't I seen anyone walk on water yet? So he starts fasting, starts praying. He's going hard. Then right at the moment he thinks, right, this is me. And he used to stay on Rotorua next to the beautiful Lake Rotorua that's now polluted. But he gets out there. He's like, yes, puts his first leg in the water. Second leg, third leg. By this time, it's coming up to his knees. <laughs> and he's still going, and he's determined that he'll be the first person who worked on water. After he was up to almost his neck, and uh, his wife yelling out, what are you doing? And his kid's all going, oh, Dad's trying to walk on water. 
He suddenly turns around and realizes, uh, okay, out of the water we go. But you know what I liked about that story? He gave it a go. It had nothing to do with whether he walked on water. It was that he gave it a go. And this is where we have to get to as Christians. We have to get to the point where we just give it a go, regardless of what we're facing. Because if we don't, then we just stay in the boat. We let circumstances and situations determine what's going to happen in our lives. We moan and groan. We uh, ask for prayer. We try and find a word for ourselves that lines up with our own situation or our own belief system. So what was that thing that Shane Willard said? We always start with the conclusion and then we get the facts to match our conclusion. And that's what we can pretty much do. See, it's easy to turn around and say, well, you know, can I come out and pray for someone? Oh, well, you're not going to believe this, but just this week, I lost my voice. (laughs) How about next week? Oh, we're on holiday. (laughs) And the week after that, possibility, possibility. But I'll get back to you. So that story there is a cool illustration because what it really shows us is that we've got old mindsets that need changing. So whenever we're facing something new, it's easy to think about that story and think about, you know, am I that person in the boat? Or am I the person that's ready to make a decision? And then we hop out of the boat. Because what it does is it shows old mindsets. And old mindsets will always stop you from embracing the supernatural. How do I know? Had anyone else walked on water before? So can you imagine being in that boat? Something supernatural happens. And what do you do? You sit there and think, what a load of rubbish. (laughs) We can do that even in the supernatural. We can be here, we can hear words being prophesied over people. We can see Holy Spirit touching people and we can still sit there with a mindset of whatever. (laughs) Unless that happens to me and then someone falls over, yeah, they trip that person or push that person over. How do I know? I used to be like that. I know, terrible. The other thing when you're choosing to remain in the boat is choosing to remain defeated. Why? Why did Jesus walk across the water? Like seriously. Because he wanted his disciples to feel victory over something that they had never seen before. One person got out and experienced it. Even when Jesus um, went to the cross and rose again and went back to heaven. Can you imagine the conversations that they must have had after that? So all the disciples are sitting around and they're talking about all the great things that Jesus did and the great things that they did. And then in amongst them is this one person that has one thing over everyone else. So Jesus was awesome, eh? Remember when I walked on water? Not that story again. (laughs) Can you imagine? Because that's what happens. So, what I want to encourage you with is this. If you choose to step out in your Christian walk, it's actually a declaration of warfare. Warfare not on people, warfare on principalities and powers. And that's if you make a choice and a decision. Are you going to make a choice and a decision today to step out? To declare See, the kingdom of heaven operates like this. It's pretty simple. Jesus says that he stands at the door and he knocks on the hearts. 
of people. And he says, whoever opens that door, I will come in. Does that sound like someone who's going to try and force their way in? Does that sound like a kingdom that, that will disregard who you are? Not at all. Jesus says that he knocks on the door. So what that means is that we have the authority to open that door. Our Christian walk is really about authority. If you want to operate in the kingdom, here's the simplest uh, principle you can operate in. You have the authority over your life. Not Christ. You. Whatever you let into your life, and whatever captures your heart, will determine the direction of your life. If you choose to step out today, And say, you know what, I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to make a declaration of war. You know, one of our founding principles here at Bay City is is Luke 4, uh, 4, 18 and 19, where it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To set the captives free, the oppressed, to see the eyes of the blind open. Deaf ears opened. Proclaim favor of God. But if you want to engage that sort of level, you're going to have to ask some tough questions of yourself, just like I have to. And I have to do it every day. I have to ask the question, will I be bold enough today to step out for Christ? Will I be bold enough to pray for someone? Will I be bold enough to share with someone? But every time I do, I get further away from the boat. And here's the cool thing about the boat. And there's all the young people will know this. Because this is what we're teaching them. You know when you're at home and you, hear, and you get into a disagreement with someone in that home. Here's the thing. The more you start to disagree, when one person gets up to leave the room... If you let them go, you lose. Why do you lose? Because they can no longer hear you. So what you do is you get up and you start following them through the house. Oh, I told you, no, no. Oh, you told me that. Oh, no, no. And as long as you keep close to them, the discussion will carry on. However, if one happens to get further away from you, then it's like shouting. You're shouting and they're just like, whatever. And what happens is you lo- the person shouting loses power. And this is what I want to encourage everyone today with. Get out of the boat. In whatever area it is that you need to get out of. Get out of the boat and get away from it. The further you get away from that boat, you start to hear less and less noise of people in the boat saying, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? Yeah, your prayer doesn't even work. Further you get away from the boat, you actually don't hear that boat. You don't hear the people. And what you find is you find people already walking out on the water. And you start hearing new voices, and the new voices are, man, you can do that. Man, I got a testimony just like that. 
Man, why don't you go and pray for this person? Why don't we go and do this? Why don't we go and do that? Why don't we love Bomb Hastings? Why don't we love Bomb Napier? Why don't we love Bomb Hawks Bay? Further you get away from the boat, the more you will start to walk in your freedom. Why did Jesus walk on the water? <laughs> because, you know, the boat represented the um, old covenant with all of its restrictions. Next minute, Jesus comes walking past them, unrestricted, no restrictions on him, breaking every law that was ever set in place. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to get out of this life of passivity that we've been, I guess, groomed into. And he's saying, get out on the water with him. Come out on the water with me. Whatever that looks like for you in your life, only you will know. If you don't know what it is, ask God to reveal it to you this week. And I can guarantee you, you will know it. Because you'll start to go into situations and circumstances where you're going to start to think, oh, I don't like this. Oh, I feel like I want to draw back. Oh, I feel like I want to blend in. Oh, I want to be invisible. Oh, I just want to leave. Oh, why did I come to this place? I'm sure I could have had an excuse. When you feel that, that's your time to make a choice. Focus on Christ and hop out of the boat. Right now, I don't know who is in here today, but if your decision first and foremost where you need to hop out of the boat is to actually ask Christ into your life for the first time. What does that mean? Word of God says this, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? So that all who believe will have eternal life. Today, you can have eternal life. But the decision is yours to make it, no one else's. Will you step out of the boat today? Will you step out and start to walk on water for the first time? Will you focus your eyes on Jesus and say, Lord, I'm going to come to you. My circumstances and situations are not ideal, but I'm going to come to you. If that's you and this is your first time, I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to also pray for those who may want to rededicate their lives back to the Lord. Who know that they've sat in the boat and they've been in the boat for quite some time. Hey, look, there's no shame in that. I sat in the boat for quite some time before it flipped over and everything went to custard <laughs> and then I realised hmm maybe the safest place is out on the water with Christ so is that, if that is you today I just want to lead you in a prayer and then afterwards come and see me In fact, no, that's hiding, isn't it? I'm going to let you off by letting you keep your hands down. If you want to make a decision for Christ, why don't we be bold about it? Why don't we make that decision to transition over to the other side of the boat and then step out? Is there anyone here who wants to give their lives to Christ for the first time today? 
Will you be bold enough to raise your hand and say, man, that is me. Remember? I'm a bold person. You'd never know it if you met me down the street until I open my mouth. Then you realize, oh my goodness, all this man wants to talk about is God. But if you're here for the first time, you haven't dedicated your life or asked Christ into your life and you want to this morning, I want to encourage you, be bold. Is there anyone here today? All you have to do is pop that little hand up. It's all right. Boat hasn't sunk yet. Getting rough though in your life. What about all those who want to rededicate their lives? Is there anyone here today? Wants to be bold enough to rededicate. Get back out on that water. Start to walk again. Leave that boat behind with all of its judgments. With all of the people standing there saying, Amen. Finally, what about all those who know that there's an area that they need to step out in? That they need to be bold and courageous in? For some people, it's coming to the front. How do I know? Because I used to be one of those people. I used to sit down in the back and when they used to do altar calls, I used to think, man, I want to get up there. And then my legs would just stay still. And then I think, oh, if only they turned the lights down, then I'd slip on up there. But actually, what does God want? God wants people to be bold. Love Him like He loves us. Show it through our actions. Don't hide it. Don't hide behind things. If that's you today, come up. Come up to the front. Remember, I'm just as nervous as everyone else. Because I'm actually up the front. And I'm facing all of you. Nah, some of you look pretty good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we just lift all lift our hands to the Lord? Hallelujah. And everyone sitting down, lift your hands to these people who have made a courageous decision, who have been bold to come up the front, in front of you all, who have their eyes focused on Christ, ready to do what they have never been able to do before. Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, right now we lift up each and every person standing here this morning who has made a decision, a decision to get out of the boat, to leave the boat behind with all of its limitations and to walk with you, Lord God. Father, I just pray right now that strength would return to them, strengthen their spirit, strengthen their minds, strengthen their bodies. Father, I just pray for your goodness to surround them right now for your word for your word Lord God to penetrate their hearts and fill their minds Jesus we just lift them up 
We thank you, Lord God, that you will not let them, that you would not let them fall or slip into the water, oh, but you would raise them up, Lord God, that you would allow them to walk, walk freely in every area that has held them captive. Holy Spirit, we just ask right now for a fresh anointing on each and every one of them today. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for a fresh anointing. Touch her, Holy Ghost. Fill her afresh. Release every limitation that's upon her right now in Jesus' name. Mm. Fill her fresh, Lord. New dreams, new visions, new mindsets. <laughs>